0: Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Sunday Morning Alive, our Sunday morning sermon right here on our website. Thank you once again for joining us today as we go to the Scripture uh, to receive knowledge and understanding. And we come to our God today with humble hearts and open hearts, uh, open ears to hear the Word, but open hearts that we might give heed to the word of God you know there's a scripture that said we need to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard lest at any time we let them slip and that word slip is in the nautical sense of that Greek word it would mean a ship that has left a destination uh, to unload its cargo at another destination. And instead of coming into that destination and unloading that precious cargo, it passes by and just keeps right on going. Uh, We don't want to let the Word of God just pass us by today. Giving heed to the Word of God means that we have not only a heart Ears to hear, rather, but we have a heart to obey. And if the Word of God finds that kind of heart, the Scripture said like seed in good ground, it will bring forth fruit. Thirty, sixty, And a hundredfold to the glory of God. Well, we want to get into God's Word today so we can get God's Word in us. Uh, I pray you will come worshipfully uh, and that you will leave this broadcast with a worshipful heart for God if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, please stay tuned today. This is of eternal value to you. That you understand that it's appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment we don't want to fear that judgment that is to come that there is no escape from we want to be able to stand in that day with consolation and confidence because our sins have been forgiven because of the blood of Jesus Christ amen so we don't fear the wrath to come Amen. And today we want you to join us in this fearless life, uh, knowing it is temporal and knowing what happens when this life is over. We can live it with confidence and strong consolation. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. So let's get in the Word of God together today. Amen. We're going to take our text today, if you want to get ready to turn there in your Bible, from Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. And our subject today is simply the fear of the Lord the fear of the lord i want to make a statement as we get into this scripture and this teaching today the book of proverbs is a collection of teachings from king solomon to his son showing him how to live his life pleasing to god There's no doubt uh, about it. Every one of us need that kind of instruction. That's why we have the Scripture, isn't it? It says in the New Testament and the New Covenant, it says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, for rebuke, for correction, and for instruction in Righteousness that the man of God, woman of God, boy and girl of God might be furnished unto every good work. Praise God. So there's no doubt today in my heart that I need This kind of instruction of how to be truly right with God—not just the salvation part of that—that is so the foundation for all the rest of it. We're made right with God through the precious blood of Jesus, pronounced right-wise with Him, Amen. But that's the that's the positional righteousness that we receive immediately when we're washed in the blood of Jesus. But there is a personal. Practical righteousness that as we hear and heed the word of God in our heart and in our life. Amen. So if there's a key verse that unlocks the power and purpose of Proverbs, it is this. And it, it really, I want to go back and I want to say more than that. I want to say more than that. Not only does it unlock the wisdom of Proverbs, it, the wisdom of all of the Scripture. And it would be this foundational truth that we're reading here in Proverbs 1 and verse 7 in just a moment. The fear of the Lord. Let's just read it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. I believe the Lord wants us to grow today in our relationship with Him And in our knowledge of Him and the way that knowledge begins is with the fear of the Lord. What does the fear of the Lord mean? Uh, The word fear used by Solomon means to have a deep reverence and respect for the Lord. Some put it this way, a deep reverence with awe and affection. Literally, we're to be awed and humbled by His presence. I like what Oswald Chambers has said. He said, the remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you need fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. You see, dear friend, the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. We will not gain any true knowledge of God or ultimate reality until we do. There are a great number of truly intelligent, in earthly terms, people today. And yet many of them reject God. At least they reject the God of the Bible. Smart they may be, but when it comes to eternal matters, as someone said, they are dumb as stumps. Their great learning in human endeavors has made them arrogant and unwilling to bend their knee before the one true and living God. The man who thinks he knows something most likely does not yet know what he really needs to know. Human learning manifests itself always in pride. Paul told us, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that knowledge Without this fear of God, you see, and without this humility that it brings, knowledge puffs up. There's something that is dangerous in a very deadly way. When we think we truly know something and we really don't yet know anything that we really need to know. For all their supposed knowledge, these scholars are facing a terrible and terrifying future. They'll continue in this age as sage and wise men and women only to learn that it is the fool who says there is no God. They'll be praised as men of great insight only to find that their genius has done nothing to save them from the wrath of God. Neither have they trembled before the majesty and glory of God. Never have they seen the universe rightly and his creation as a testament to his vastness and infinite nature. Never have they considered that if we are moral beings, we must have been created by a moral being, before whom we will have to stand and to whom we will give an account. Listen, friend of mine, today... The result of, of the absence of the fear of the Lord is taking its toll in our society, just like it did in, in the old covenant in Jerusalem when they, they, they turned away from God and their leaders fell, failed to teach them the fear of the Lord. They lost that deep reverence for God and respect for God and His Word. And their teachers fail to teach them. Look at the result of it in Zephaniah. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. What happens when the fear of the Lord is lost? In Zephaniah 3, 1 through 5, from the Amplified, you can read it in the King James in parallel for study the King James. Let me read it from the Amplified. For time's sake, It says, Woe to her that is rebellious and polluted. See if that fits our modern culture today. Woe to her that is rebellious and polluted. The oppressing city, which literally was directed to Jerusalem in that day. She did not listen to and heed the voice of God. She accepted no correction or instruction She trusted not in the Lord, nor leaned on, or was confident in Him, but was confident in her own wealth. She drew not near to her God, but to the God of Baal or Molech, pagan god. you see. Her officials in the midst of her are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves. They gnaw not the bones on the morrow, for nothing is left by morning. They are quick to consume. They're ever getting, but never, ever, ever having enough. Listen, here's the reason. Her prophets are light, lacking truth and gravity and steadiness and men of treachery. Her priests have profaned the sanctuary. What profaned the sanctuary? Even in the new covenant, when Jesus walked into the temple and he saw the money changers and he he braided a whip and he turned over the money tables and he ran them out. And he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But you have made it. You have made it a den of thieves. Listen. Men of treachery, her priests have profaned the sanctuary, defrauding God and man by pretending their own word is God's word. They have done violence to the law. But the, verse five says, but the Lord in the midst of her is uncompromisingly righteous. He will not do iniquity. Every morning he brings his justice to light. He fails not, but the unjust person knoweth no shame. What a shame it is. What a shame it is when we see what we're seeing today in our culture and in the Christian community in many places. And I, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I say that with a broken heart, not just an accusing spirit. Do you hear me today? This is the truth today. One translation says, But evil men and women, without conscience and without shame, persist in evil. That's what the King James is talking about when it says, But the unjust knoweth no shame. The unjust knoweth no shame. Uh, Let me read this uh, in the new covenant uh, and see how when the fear of the Lord is lost and when we fail to teach and preach the judgment to come and the accountability that even as believers that we have here and now unto the Lord. Listen, and the message of the, the wrath of God. Where is that message? The, the wrath of God is is represented in its fullness in the great tribulation period. We talk about the soon coming of Jesus. Well, if Jesus is coming soon, right on the heels of his coming is the time of Jacob's trouble. The great tribulation, such a time as there never was on this planet and such a time as there never will be again the day of the Lord the scripture says hasteneth greatly and it burneth like an oven who teaches that who preaches that thank God there are some that are standing and calling for a reverence for God, a fear of God that produces a a respect for Him, that a, a a desire to serve Him because we love Him, but also a need to serve Him because we're going to account to Him. Listen to Romans chapter one and verse eighteen, and see what happens when the fear of the Lord is absent. power and Godhead, so they are without excuse, but that when they knew God, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man, to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things, in other words, to idols. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, Burned in their lust, one to another. This is, this is, this is not normal, natural attractiveness or sexual desire. This is a insatiable appetite. This is, is going into a bathroom somewhere and, and trying to, to solicit a stranger in that bathroom. This, this is where a senator not too awful long ago in an airport bathroom uh, was, was trying to solicit a man in a booth beside him that he had never met. Taking the risk of his reputation and his career and if he had a family, his own family, in order to have a, 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 a few minutes of sexual abandonment with a complete stranger. What, what drives someone to do those things and take that kind of risk? Because this is an insatiable, see, no, sin never truly satisfies i'm going to say that loud and clear today sin never delivers what it promises that that's why in the early 60s there's a song that says i can't get no satisfaction from a band that was known for partying sex drugs and rock and roll i Can't get no satisfactory. Maybe a little, a little more contemporary to people that is not as old as me and not lived through that era is the U2 song, uh, that I've been everywhere. I've been all over the world. I've, I've tried many different things, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Listen, And likewise the men in verse 27, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly, receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meet or requisite. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. "...being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, magnanimity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things." disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Oh, friend of mine, this is a serious indictment. And it is also against a culture that is moving so far away from the light by rejecting the light and the knowledge and the truth brought to them that they keep going deeper and deeper into the darkness. Today we're seeing that manifest in our culture. We saw it manifest in the culture of Israel. And part of it is because the leaders who are supposed to be standing and declaring God's righteousness and God's truth, they themselves are falling away from that truth. Dear friend of mine, today we need men and women of God that will stand for God's truth, that will preach and teach unashamedly and unreservedly. The Word of the Living God. No, it is not what is trending today. You need not follow what is trending. We must follow what is true. had a discussion with someone in a business not long ago about this same issue. Too many people are trying to follow what is trending. Uh, We may call it progressiveness. It is not. It is anything but progressive. Progressive to what? Moving away from the Word of God and accommodating the culture? Is that what progressive means today? Does it mean we're, we're going to reinterpret the Scriptures to accommodate what God says He will never tolerate? Are we going to say it's okay to that that He says is an abomination to Him this, this is not trying to be hateful and mean. We call, if you stand up for the, people are going to call what I just read hateful and mean. They're going to call me for reading it bigoted and, 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 and inciting violence. Listen, I am not inciting violence. <laughs> Listen, what I'm telling you is this. There is a day coming when we all are going to stand before God. And the basis by which the judgment is going to occur is that that He has granted to us, and that is the Word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but He said, My Word will not pass away. I I believe we need to stand in the gate today and call for the old pathway. I I don't mean those things done in ignorance of the Word and not according to the truth of the Word. But because the word of God is inerrant and the word of God is eternal and the God who inspired his word has not changed his mind about what is sin and what is acceptable unto Him. And He's not going to change His mind. We may try to change the Word, but we cannot change God. He said it clearly about Himself, I am the Lord God of Israel, and I change not. We are told in the book of Proverbs not to meddle with them that are given to change. Why? Because... Every, everything that God has established is eternally established. He has a new way of dealing with sin and sinners in the new covenant. But God hasn't changed His mind about sin and our need for forgiveness. And, and, and He's committed to our salvation, not our destruction. But He says clearly in His Word that there is a day coming. There is a day coming when we're all going to stand before Him and we're all going to account to Him. I want to stand in a robe of righteousness. How about you? Clothed with the, the innocent garment of Jesus instead of clothed with the sinful garment stained by the sins of the flesh. I want to make that holy exchange and come to Christ as my Savior and have Him, have him who wore my garment to the cross and took the punishment for it, that I may wear his garment and not be punished. Oh, dear friend of mine, knowing the terror of the Lord, Paul said, we persuade men. It's with love that we declare this truth. It's with a broken heart that we appealed to those that are lost today that are surely going to stand before God in judgment. Come to Jesus. Run into the ark for safety. Come to the person who gave his life for you on the cross, who shed his blood for you and for me. There's an Old Testament scripture that says, Can the leopard change his spots Can we just suddenly make ourselves in uh, by our own resolve, by our own works of righteousness, that that is acceptable unto God? The answer is no. Every person must be born again. (laughs) When you're born again, you're not born with spots. (laughs) Hallelujah. His seed then remains in us that we sin not. It doesn't mean that we are sinlessly perfect or we can't sin, but there's a new bent within us toward righteousness. Whereas before we were born again, everything in us would pull us towards sin and Satan. Maybe we didn't know it was Satan, but... He is the God of this fallen world, little g. He is the influence of everyone that is, that is of the world. And the Bible said in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, we are to shine as lights in the world. Praise God. Oh, dear friend of mine, I want today to be right with God. I want everyone Who is bound by any kind of sin held in those chains of darkness to know that Jesus Christ can and will change you. Hallelujah. Know that, know that if He's speaking to your heart and drawing you right now, hallelujah, that you can come to Him. Uh, He's, listen, He's not condemning you in this moment. We are already condemned. He said, I didn't come into the world to condemn it. Why? Because it's already under the wrath of God. It's already condemned to, to the punishment of, 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 of being judged of God, of, of being, being separated from God and punished eternally. We were under not just that threat, but that fact. And God sent His Son because of His love for sinners like you and me that He would go to the cross and pay the price for our sins so that we could be forgiven and set free. So we could be translated out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Oh, dear friend of mine, listen, those people that are in the media, those people that are sitting and pontificating on the, on the talk shows, those people without knowledge, without understanding, without God and without hope, are the people who are influencing tens of thousands, if not millions of people today that listen intently to what they have to say because they grant unto them a wisdom that they do not have and a knowledge that they have not acquired. Because without the fear of the Lord, there is no true wisdom and there is no true knowledge. That's why the Bible said in Proverbs 3 and verse 7, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And that's why that Proverbs 9 and 10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Most Holy One is understanding. You see, the wise man today, woman, boy or girl, is the one who develops a teachable spirit and is ready, willing and anxious to learn the fear of the lord and reverence for his holy name is the foundation upon which each of us should build our lives for the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and the foundation of knowledge and it's also the gateway to truth it is the key to spiritual insight and and and, and to be able to receive holy instruction in righteousness for the believer the fear of the lord comes from a humble heart of worship, which has a reverential respect, a holy fear and thankful heart for all that our Lord Jesus is and all that God has done for us. But for the unbeliever, the fear of the Lord should stem from the convicting work of the Holy Spirit in the heart of everyone who is without God and without hope today. The unsaved person, should fear the Lord because of sin and righteousness and judgment. The fool said in his heart, There is no God. For the fool despises godly wisdom. For fools have a contempt for instruction in righteousness. Today, the fool has said in his heart, There is no God. For to acknowledge God, you see, is to acknowledge accountability to Him. And that's what they said about Jesus. We will not have this man rule over us. Friend of mine, don't be foolish today. Don't fall into that deadly trap of pride, self-sufficiency. Oh, there's a judgment coming, but you don't have to be judged. The wrath of God is upon the ungodly, but you can have your sins forgiven today listen today if you're a christian and you're being drawn by the world into this this compromised place where it seems like the the word of god has been demoted from influence and the words of others have taken its place in influence in our life come back to the holy scriptures Come back to the word of the living God. Get in a church where the word of God is preached. I'm not talking about just a scripture peppered here and there. I'm talking about the whole counsel of God. Without apology. Without respect of persons. Without the fear of man. Without trying to fit in to the culture. But standing, amen, in a a complete (laughs) <laughs> complete difference to it. Amen. Where light and darkness do not blend at all. Praise God. No fellowship hath light with darkness. Those whose foolish hearts have been darkened will go on into the darkness. That is the judgment that has fallen upon them. But we who are in the light are to walk in that light unswervedly praise God the Bible said in Proverbs once again the path of the just this path of righteousness you see is a shining light that gets brighter and brighter unto the perfect day and that perfect day is when Jesus comes for his bride for his church for his holy ones for his chosen ones Today, Christians, stand, having done all, stand in the name of Jesus, never compromising, never flinching, never backing up, but always going forward, progressing from glory to glory and faith to faith. Jesus is coming soon. We want to be ready to welcome Him with open arms and open hearts today. As we close this morning's sermon today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, it is not too late. It's not too late. You know what repentance means in the military? It means to clap your heels together if you were a military man and make 180 degree turn if you turn away from the darkness right now because God is drawing you and you turn toward the Lord you won't have to break the chains that are holding you to that darkness God will break them the Holy Spirit will break them they will literally fall off of you melt off of you And if you take one step of faith by an act of your will to receive pardon, forgiveness, hallelujah, and hope for the future, eternal hope. If you take one step toward the Lord, the song says he'll take two steps toward you. No, he'll run to you according to the Scripture just like He did the prodigal son. He will run to you. He will embrace you as His own. He will restore what sin and Satan has taken and what He would take eternally. And He will give you life and that more abundantly. Come to Jesus. Run to Jesus. And He will run to embrace you The Father will call you His own today. In Jesus' name, Amen and Amen.